Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast in association with Acorns Children's Hospice. Cole Petum here as always and of course we're back for another opposition match preview ahead of Saturday's game at Anfield against Liverpool. The inevitable game, Stephen Gerrard's return to Liverpool, Liverpool I should say, is here. We're getting it out of the way and uh, I'm sure the media will make a lot of it so we should be used to that at this point in the week. Of course you'll be hearing this on a Thursday but we need a Liverpool fan to make any sense of this opposition preview. And of course, we have Steve from the Redmond TV. So, Steve, how's it going for you? Very well. Thanks, mate. Thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on. So we'll uh, we'll run through your season so far. We always like to get the opposition's perspective on their season. Um, not a Liverpool fan, so I'm not obliged to comment too much on that instead of a third party view. So. How have you found your season so far? Yeah, on the whole, it's again really, really impressive from us. Um, in Europe, especially, you know, six wins from six in the Champions League, first ever English team to go ahead and do that. We're currently second place in the league, just one point behind Manchester City, um, scoring goals for fun. Uh, so yeah, it's been really good. There's been the odd disappointment in there, of course. But you know, we, we are just one point off top, but we probably should be a bit better than that. We drop points. Late on against uh, Brentford, which is disappointing. We were two up against Brighton and got pegged back to two two again, which was disappointing. But listen, mate, on, on the whole, we, we've been been excellent. Give you know pretty much excellent. We're as good as we've been for a while. Last season, Liverpool took a real dip, pretty much from between Christmas and like March, um, where injuries, a, a lot of things happened, and, and it, by the end of the season, we were scrambling to try and get in the Champions League and. Our goal, he had to score a goal to help us do that. Um, <laughs> so, but this season it's almost being back to Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. Everything looks the same, feels the same. The good, the best players are still the best players. So, it, overall, maybe I think listen, if you'd have said to us, win every single game in the group of the Champions League and be one point behind Manchester City after fifteen games, I think we'd have all bitten your hand off for that. So, yeah, we're all pretty, we're all in pretty good spirits. Well, no doubt, of course, as a Villa fan, I would love to be there, but uh, we might be several uh, light years away from that, from um, how things go on a year-to-year basis at our football club. But nonetheless, you did mention, of course, last season and the amount of injuries was ridiculous. Um, The fact that you guys still even finished in the top four with some of those key injuries is massively impressive. Um, Allison scoring, of course, was one of the highlights of the season for any football fan. It was brilliant to see a goalkeeper score, of course. And what was kind of the general expectation was it more so you know what we can challenge again once everyone's fit firing or was it more so you know what even if everyone's back we might still need an addition or two um 
Probably the latter. I think most people would have, would have accepted that Liverpool or wanted Liverpool to probably do a bit, be a bit more active in the transfer window. Essentially, we signed one player and listen, it was a centre half and we desperately needed one. But I mean, Ibu Kanate at the moment is third or fourth two centre back. So that's all we really did. I think everyone always expected Liverpool to be better. Listen, we were, like you mentioned, we came third and we had half the team out at one point. You know, ridiculous. Like, we finished the season with all due respect to Nat Phillips and Reese Williams. At centre back, you know, we it, it just wasn't like it wasn't Liverpool's team. Fabinho was injured a lot. Henderson was out. It, it was just, it, yeah, we've never seen anything like it. We literally had no centre backs at one point and had to go and just sign two guys off the street. So, yeah, I, I think the expectation was to challenge. I think most Liverpool fans, myself included, probably wanted one, one or two more additions, but we never got it. And I think Liverpool's best eleven is probably the best eleven in the world. I, I genuinely think that. It's when you start looking at players like 15, 16, 17 that people think that our 17th player probably isn't as good as, as Man City's or Chelsea's. Uh, I think Liverpool have got a strong squad and our reserve team pretty much went and beat AC Milan. Uh, on Tuesday night, it was eight changes from the team that beat Wolves. Um, young lads playing, I mentioned that Phil's before, he played Minamino, Origi, Chamberlain, Shimakas, Williams. So, the depth is there, probably isn't as good, maybe quality wise, as those other two teams. But I think if Liverpool get their best team on the pitch more often than not, then yeah, the expectation will be to challenge for trophies. And listen, we're we're through in the Champions League, we're a point away from the Premier League top place, and we're in the the, the quarter final of the League Cup as well. So that that's coming to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. The the one thing I always find interesting when you chat to Liverpool fans, Chelsea, United, whoever it be, traditional top six, I guess you could say. Um, they'll always mention they're competing for multiple things and rightly so, of course, they have the depth and the quality and the resources to do so. Uh, From your point of view, is there one objective that you hold highest in regards in terms of what you want Liverpool to achieve this season? 100% win the league title, like 100% win. That should should be the, that's the number one aim every single season. Um, We've won it once pretty much in my lifetime. Um, we won a few when I was a very, very young boy, but like that I can remember. Obviously, and, and we weren't allowed to be in the stadium, and we, we wasn't allowed to do a tour, uh, you know, a, a trophy parade, and all that was allowed at the time. So that's the one. Listen, Champions. I, 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 most players want to win the Champions League as well, and listen, I'm not going to tell me nose about it, but <laughs> I'm fortunate enough to have seen Liverpool win that twice um, and be able to celebrate and get all the fanfare that comes with that. And it's amazing. Don't get me wrong. If it happens again this season, I'll be very much in those in those parties as well. But it'd be amazing to see Liverpool at Anfield with that trophy where we're able to be there live and in 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 the stadium rather than watching it on a TV screen and stuff. So that's the one. Um, and to be honest, mate, that should be that's that should be Liverpool's aim every year. Like we went through a barren spell, obviously, and I'm very much very well aware of that. And there's times when it wasn't feasible for whatever reasons for us to be league champions. But now, uh, yeah, that, that's the hope. And I, I don't know if expectations the right way because. I don't think anyone should expect to win the Premier League title. I think mm-hmm. that's just, um, it doesn't work like that. There's too many good teams and there's too much going on and you can't do that. But I think the expectation is to fight for the title, like to be in with a shout. If you get to with get to the springtime and, and be, in, be in with a reasonable shout, and if you come up short like we did um, a couple of seasons ago, we got this and we got 98 points and lost. Like, what can you do? Like, you know, like that, that, that is what it is. So the expectation should be to be fighting for it, but but as long as we've got this team and this manager, that'll always be the expectation. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because when I look at kind of football 
in a whole, you look at your cities and teams of that ilk and they do say expect. And I, I can understand that, but I like the way you put it instead. It's a, it's a journey that you have to enjoy. And I feel like too many people these days and just in general life, really, I don't want to get too deep into this, but they just want the end result. They don't really care about the journey and that's the best part, but uh, so well put by you. Um, I guess the one main man to talk about is Mohamed Salah. Um, he's on really everyone's lips these days. He's absolutely unstoppable. Um, really. He's the Egyptian messy. I guess you could say these days. Um, tell us about him and just the, his season thus far. I know he's had, so many record-breaking seasons already, but what's different about him this season in particular? You call him the Egyptian Messi. I think I'll start calling Messi the Argentinian Salah at the moment. <laughs> I think that's what I put. Um, he, he's honestly cold, and I know I'm biased, and I, and, but I, all, all honestly, with all sincerity, he's the best footballer in the world right now. Like he's, and I, I'm a big fan of. There's lots of them. Lewandowski's having an amazing season. Haaland's an amazing player, and he's coming back to fitness. There's loads of them. Benzema deserves credit for where he's at. As well, but right now, Mohamed Salah is just on a different planet. It's 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 frightening, really. I think it's um he scored his twentieth goal uh, of the season against Milan on what on December seventh. Twenty goals in the season. I mean, that's just absurd, isn't it? Really, if you think about it. Like, I mean, most strikers, most most Premier League clubs would say if we can get a striker who scores twenty goals in all competitions in in an entire season, they would be happy with that. And we've got a, a guy who's effectively a winger, and he's. He's doing it in, 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 by, you know, way before Christmas. It is just absurd. In terms of what's changed, like, not a lot, to be honest. Like, Mo Salah broke the Premier League record in his first season, you know, of 32 goals in a 38-game season. Um, I suppose the one difference we have noticed, I think, this season already is probably the assists numbers are going up as well. So add to those 20 goals, he's on nine assists already. And again, I'll go back to it, it's in December. So his best ever tally of assists for Liverpool was that first season, and he got 14. Um, I think it was 14 in 36 games, which again, isn't shabby, but he's got 15 games this season and he's already got nine. So, you know, if you extrapolate the fact that you think he's going to play 40 games or whatever, 45 games, he could be getting what? Mid twenties assist on top of his goals as well, so mm-hmm. he is he's phenomenal. I think people associate Mo Salah with his pace because listen, the pace is frightening, and, he, and if, he, if he gets a chance to counter attack on you, I mean, like all the best. He's going to, he's more than likely going to score. Everton have felt that this season. A few teams have already felt the wrath of Mo Salah on the break through the years, but he's also if anyone's seen the game against Manchester City or Watford when he dances through their defenders and scores those goals, he's getting in between the sticks to score tap ins. He, he he's just doing it. He's he's like. He's the complete goal scorer, and it just so happens that we start him playing out on the wide right, so that you can't you can't really mark Mo Salah. Like nobody's been able to mark Mo Salah because for you to do that essentially, because Liverpool are clever with how they use him, they'll stick him at, at times, and it's literally you know the old phrase chalk on your boots. He'll be stood on the line on the on the touchline. It's like well, if someone wants to go man mark him over there, all the best would do that because then you're just leaving space for Jota or Bobby. Or Trent or Manny, like that, that's almost impossible. You can't just take your full back and stick him on, on the touchline as well. So that's what Liverpool are clever with him is that they find space for him. Um, we've we've a little bit of change actually in terms of how we play. So um, obviously Trent Alexander Arnold over on that side as well, which is listen, that, that, that must be the life of Mohamed Salah to have that guy playing behind him. But we tend to overload over there as well. So earlier in the season it was um Harvey Elliott before unfortunately he picked up a, a pretty bad injury. In recent weeks, we've had Jordan Henderson or Alex Oxley-Chamberlain, and we t- we're trying to overload that space over there. 
So try and match up, try and get three on two matchups where we can. And essentially, you've, you've, you've got to pick your poison then. And worst case is, I think most teams have tried to accept that. We can't give most Salah space, so we'll double up on him. But then that just leaves Trent Alexander-Arnold to get across into the box. He's probably the best crosser of a ball in the world or one of them. So Liverpool are really clever without they try to spring Mo Salah. But ultimately, for most players in the world, he's too quick, too strong, too fast, too skillful. And he's an expert. He's a deadly finisher as well. So when you put all that together, combine it with the fact that he works his nuts off, like he runs and runs and runs, uh, tracks back, puts a shift in, you, you try and kick him when he gets up again. Like it's hard to find any real weaknesses to his game. Um, there's there's a suggestion that maybe obviously with, he's doing a new contract and this isn't this isn't you know it's not doing him any harm, is it, to, to be this good at this time when he's trying to get more money as well? But he, honestly, mate, like he's he's just phenomenal, and I think he's the the improvement or the the ability of Mo Salah. And you've got to be careful. Like, I think we're just getting to the point where it's a natural progression of Mo Salah. Like, he's coming into his peak years anyway. Um, just about to, you know, he's, he's around 30 years old now, when he's, and that's when players now, I think, tend to hit their peak. Mm-hmm. I think like we, I think players are getting hitting their peak a bit later. We're just seeing the absolute best of him. And listen, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. Listen, it makes our job as fans a lot more fun. To watch that guy every single week because you pay your money and you get to see him every single time you go to Anfield. It's, it's quite the thrill. Yeah, it's basically a cheat code if you're playing a video game, to be honest. Um, and I do like yeah. the references him as a decoy. It's basically the ultimate decoy that uh, you think they might not do much, but if you basically underestimate them, they'll punish you to the nth degree. I guess the one thing to get to now, and it's the one that everyone, I don't know if some people, to be honest, are looking forward to people talking about it or just don't want to hear about it anymore. Of course, Steven Gerrard's coming back to Anfield as Villa boss. Is it going to be a little weird on Saturday seeing him with potentially a uh, kind of little bit of Villa attire on and maybe hearing Villa fans chant his name? Yeah, it's going to be very, very strange. For the first time in my lifetime, Steven Gerrard's arrival uh, and that's odd. Like that's a very strange position to be in it where, where the guy who we idolize is essentially, you know, he's, a, he's another rival. And we've had that recently with, um, with Rafa Benitez coming back to manage Everton and, um, and we had to cope with that. But Steven Gerrard on a whole different level of legend to Rafa Benitez. With all due respect to Rafa Benitez, he's not Stevie G. Um, so yeah, it will be strange. What I would say is that he'll get an amazing reception. I, I promise you that. Like there'll be a, there's zero animosity. Like I get if you if you ask now m- most Liverpool fans, I, they'll all say, Well, we'll let's have Liverpool in the league and Aston Villa come second. I think that'd be like the what everybody would want now because he is held in such high regard, and rightly so, by the way. He's He's one of, if not the greatest footballers that have ever played for this football club. There's an argument to be made. He's, he sits at the top of that tree. He certainly sits in the top five. So, yeah, it, it's that. That's the only thing. It's going to be weird that Stevie G for 90 minutes is a rival. But before the game, you'll get you'll get you know rightly you'll get applauded. They'll sing a song after the game. They'll do the same as well. More than likely, I mean, if you lose, then maybe it might it might be a bit muted. But yeah, it, it's it's certainly going to be strange. But. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a weird one, really. Like, it, I just don't know how to process the fact that the guy who I've just spent, you know, from Stephen Gerrard came through in the late nineties, and I was just just about to turn into a teenager. So I saw him, I saw his whole Liverpool career, cheer for him, watch them lift trophies, have heartbreaking moments, massive highs, massive lows, everything in between. For that guy now to be wearing another team's colours is odd. Like, I was I was convinced that when Stevie became a Premier League manager, he would be as the Liverpool Football Club manager. But he's the Aston Villa manager, and Aston Villa is a huge club. Like, there's no, there's, I can see why the draw was there for him ultimately, and I think he's right to reference this himself. Like, 
an opportunity came up for Steven Gerrard to move from Rangers to Aston Villa, and they're two massive, huge clubs. But it's he 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 is not he isn't Liverpool Steven Gerrard. We don't own him. He's not ours. He's just Steven Gerrard, the Liverpool legend, and he has to go forward his own career. And it, it was a massive move for him. And like you say, he, so far so good for him. So. That's the only. It is going to be weird watching him being in an opposition dugout and seeing him with like an Aston Villa hat or tracksuit or badge or whatever he's got on. It will be quite strange, but it, whatever happens, I promise you. Whatever happens on Saturday, like people won't think less of Steve. I can assure you. Well, no, it's it's good to know that he's going to get a good reception. I think that's the the best thing that you can give, and he's an absolute legend for you guys. So fair play. I am looking forward to seeing that reception as well. Um, let's get over to the game now, and of course, Christmas season the festive period it it comes thick and fast it's unrelentless and typically this is where you I guess you could say you separate the boys from the men in the Premier League really in terms of positioning in the table do you expect any rotation come Saturday keeping in mind I think you guys have Newcastle on the Thursday and I think Spurs on the following Sunday um it depends what you mean bro so basically from the Milan game yes there'll be plenty because we were quite lucky in the fact that one of the re, one of the things Liverpool did Liverpool secured top place in their group in the Champions League with two games to spare so usually we will be coming into this weekend's game on the back of a, a must-win Champions League game like we've had those in the, in the last few years where we pretty much had to win that last game to get through it was a bit different last season when we were already through after that point but excuse me we've had games against Napoli and Moscow where we've had to win and Jürgen's had to put his best team out so against Milan, we were fortunate that we didn't have to do that. Um, so I think the team that started against Wolves uh, last weekend is Liverpool's best team at the moment. Uh, it's probably Liverpool's best team, full stop, actually. Um, and I think every one of those guys is fit and available, really. Eight of them got the week, the game off in the week. One was the goalkeeper, and the other two were Mane and Salah, and they both came off after 30 minutes. So I think it wouldn't be a shock if he goes back to the same starting eleven that, that beat Wolves. Um and I think then I think the rotation might come at new, against Newcastle. If I'm honest, I think he he'll see Aston Villa as a bigger threat than Newcastle at this moment in time, and rightly so, given both teams of their fortunes this season. So I think if anyone saw the team that beat Wolves or start against Wolves, it, it, it wasn't the team that beat Wolves because we had to make changes in that game. You know, we scored the 94th minute, but it was essentially um, yeah, we rather run through. But it was obviously it was Allison, it was Trent, Van Dijk, Matip, Robertson, Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago. Mane, Salah, Jota. Like, I think that'll be the team that we see at the weekend, if I'm honest. Like, Liverpool's best 11. And I think the changes might come for the Thursday game against Newcastle to allow Jürgen to pick as close to that team as he can, as he, as he can sorry, when, when, by the time he plays Spurs. Fair enough. I guess the one thing, too, to look at that is there, and I know it's tough when you talk to any, like I said before, City, um, Chelsea, whoever it may be at the top of the table at the time in those fan bases, is there any point of weakness that you could probably say Villa could attack in this Liverpool side right now? Uh, listen, Brentford scored three goals against us. West Ham scored three goals against us. Brighton scored two goals against us. So we, we haven't been infallible at the back. Um, AC Milan yesterday, again, it was a, a time recording. It was a, it was a mixed team, but we let a, a poor goal in there as well. So we haven't been rock solid at the back. I think you, you referenced the Premier League table there and uh in terms of goals against, like Liverpool aren't exactly up, you know, Chelsea have got a much better defensive record, for example, than we have. Um, so as it stands, I think we've conceded 12 goals. It's not a lot, obviously, you know, we played 15 games, but City and Chelsea have conceded nine. So there's something there for us. Um, again, those teams come to, again, and it was Anfield, by the way, when Brentford scored two. Um, 
just looking back, Everton got a goal against us. And then, again, West Ham scored three at their place. Brighton got two. Atletico Madrid, I think, scored two as well before that. City got two against us. So we haven't been fallible at the back, so that's probably one. Um, Ollie Watkins, you reckon your, your striker's got a history of scoring goals against Liverpool. He's got four in two games. Um, so, I mean, Adrian won't be in goal for this one, thankfully, but he, he's, he's still got a decent record against us. So, yeah, I think you can get at Liverpool. The, the flip side is... We're as potent as we've ever been at you know the other at the other end of the pitch. I know Wolves did a very very good job on us, but ultimately their, their game plan had to be that. Like they didn't they didn't lay a glove on Liverpool in terms of an attacking sense because they were so focused uh, on keeping us out the other end. So we've scored forty four goals in the Premier League so far, uh, fifteen games in. You know that, if, if you extrapolate that, it's it's just under three goals a game, it's like two point nine goals. So that that's what we're, that's what we're going to try and do again. We're going to come all guns blazing. But with that, you know, we leave a high line at the back. Ollie Watkins has got pace, um, so so there's, there's, we're not unfallible. You can you can certainly make chances against us, and you can score goals against us. We're just banking on the fact that we think that we're going to be even more deadly at the other end. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from a Villa standpoint, and I, I think it's kind of the same way um, in terms of how we approached Man City uh, last week. Really, it's we had a few chances, and we just didn't make the most of those really good opportunities. And I think that's going to be the same kind of theme against Liverpool too. It's going to all be if, I mean, it's really against any top tier side. If you have any um, other team kind of mid table or whatever going to those sides, you want to hit them on the break. You want to make the most of your opportunities. If you get one, you want to make sure it counts and to limit them from those opportunities. It's, it's a lot to ask for any side to really do that. So we'll have to wait and see how that comes out. But uh, could I please get your score prediction if possible? I apologise in advance, but we we have our social media, we have our TikTok accounts, and I was asked by our social media guy earlier today, I think, and I said I think Liverpool will win 4-1, I hope that doesn't offend anyone there, it's, it's not, a, I'm a big Aston Villa fan, I actually think Aston Villa are going to do well this season, I hope they do, against Stephen Gerrard, I wish him all the best, but the aforementioned Salah, Jota, Mane, we're getting goals from the field now as well, and at home, I just fancy us to, to, to be able to get a few of them, so I, I did say 4-1, whether that comes to fruition, I don't know, but I, I can see Villa certainly being. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if it's one all at some point, or even Villa take a lead because they, they, they've shown the capable of doing that. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be an interesting one to say the least, and hopefully, it's not too much of a, a battering either way. Um, I know I will never see another seven uh, two over Liverpool, like I was saying, of course, <laughs> uh, when we did our uh, recording on your end of things. But uh, we'll have to wait and see if we have at least an entertaining game uh, come Saturday. But anyways. Thank you very much for joining me. And if you'd like to, uh, feel free to plug in your socials right now. Yeah, you can catch all our stuff. You go head over to at the Red Men TV on Twitter. You can find all the links to our accounts there. So we have we have our YouTube channel there, and we also have our um, our subscription service, which is Red Men Plus. It's a it, we we say it's, it's like Netflix for Liverpool fans. Um, so but if, you, if you head over to at the Red Men TV, you'll be able to see find the links to every single thing there. And, and please, yeah, come and join us if you want. If you're at all interested in the Liverpool Football Club, then that's the place to go. Brilliant. Well, again, thanks for joining me very much. Uh, we'll leave it there, guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Of course, keep donating to the Acorns page. Of course, dot. Um, justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash villa. Uh, it's literally ingrained in my mind and probably will be for months now, but nonetheless, we're making the big push for the rest of the holiday season. We'll leave it there. Of course, you'll hear us on the Monday for the recap show. But anyways, like I said, we'll leave it there and don't forget up the villa. Mm-hmm.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.